Duncan McLean is the Doctor of Movies. Episode 24 of the Doctor of Movies podcast. I'm Duncan McLean, and this week, how could I be talking about anything other than Avengers Age of Ultron? The 2012 superhero team-up movie The Avengers, the culmination of Phase 1 of Marvel Studios' plan for blockbuster world domination, was an enormous success, making $1.5 billion worldwide and becoming the third highest grossing film of all time. So naturally, expectation is sky high for their next gathering, Avengers Age of Ultron. I was designed to save the world. People who look to the sky and see hope. I'll take that from them first. Tony Stark is still haunted by the events of New York that concluded the Avengers. Knowing what forces exist in the universe, he's acutely aware of the limitations of the Avengers. They can only protect the world from so much. With the help of Bruce Banner, he's been secretly working on a plan he calls Ultron, which he imagines as a suit of armour around the world. After the Avengers reclaim Loki's scepter from a Hydra bunker, Stark and Banner try and harness its artificial intelligence and plant that into Ultron. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So sure enough, this plan backfires. Designed to keep the peace, the sentient Ultron sees allowing Earth to evolve through the elimination of the human race as key to achieving that peace. So we're left with this peculiar situation where rather than there being some external evil or force, the Avengers are required to save the world from a situation which is entirely of their own creating. I know you mean well. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. There's only one path to peace. Your extinction. There is a long history of science fiction exploring the perils of playing God. But with Age of Ultron, Joss Whedon is going for a slightly different metaphor. Tony Stark as the Geppetto to Ultron's Pinocchio. Stark has created numerous Iron Man suits for himself and the Iron Legion robots, but now he sees the opportunity to give his creations intelligence, sentience. Rather than another robot, he wants to make a real boy. This metaphor is enhanced by having Ultron recite lyrics from the song I Got No Strings from the 1940 Disney version of Pinocchio, which is also an interesting example of intellectual property crossover made possible by the Disney Corporation owning Marvel. You're all puppets tangled in strings. Age of Ultron continues to do what these Marvel movies do so well, providing numerous large-scale action sequences, including a different take on the increasingly common trope where our heroes have to stop a large thing that's in the sky from crashing into the ground. While Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth comfortably step back into their characters, it's the characters that don't have their own films who really come to the fore. Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner was the trump card in The Avengers, and he is again significant here, with a budding relationship between he and Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff, who connect over a a mutual sense of brokenness. The major winner in this sequel, however, is Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, who really rises in prominence. 
The film acknowledges how seemingly out of place this mortal with a bow and arrow is in this collection of superheroes, but in developing his character shows us why he's so important to the group. Despite this character development, Age of Ultron marks the first time that one of these Marvel films really feels like it's starting to strain under the weight of this extended universe. In addition to our six central Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Black Widow, the Hulk and Hawkeye, we have returning supporting characters, Nick Fury and Agent Maria Hill. And four significant new characters, the new superheroes, the Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver and the Vision, and of course Ultron himself. That's already a lot of characters to balance time between. But then we have walk-on cameos from supporting characters from the Iron Man, Captain America and Thor series as well, not to mention an awkward conversation between Tony Stark and Thor about their respective significant others, Pepper Potts and Jane Foster, which only makes those characters' absence from this film more conspicuous. Avengers, you get hurt, hurt them back. Get killed, walk it off. Where the Avengers felt like the culmination of Phase 1 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, bringing together the storylines of the individual characters' films, Age of Ultron does not give the same satisfaction. Rather than a culmination, Age of Ultron feels like a transitionary film, a stepping stone designed to take us from Phase 2 to Phase 3 of Marvel's plan. Or more specifically, to follow on from Captain America the Winter Soldier and pave the way for the upcoming Captain America Civil War due in 2016 and Avengers Infinity Wars, the two-parter slated for 2018 and 2019. As an individual film, Age of Ultron doesn't reach the high mark set recently by Captain America the Winter Soldier and in particular Guardians of the Galaxy. However, as part of the Marvel Studios process, how it rates as an individual film is only of secondary importance. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe meta-narrative that matters, and the way Age of Ultron progresses this greater narrative, developing and introducing characters and positioning them for what comes next, will undoubtedly keep the fans happy. Three and a half stars. Avengers Age of Ultron is a Walt Disney Studios release and is rated M for action violence. For Sydney Siders, the Sydney Film Festival has released its program this week. There are some really interesting looking films and events going on there, so make sure you check it out at sff.org.au. And I'm really excited to announce that I'll be co-hosting the Sydney Film Festival's movie trivia night with comedian and old friend Mark Humphreys, who you may know from The Roast on ABC2 and The Guardian Online. So if you know your Kurosawa from your Kiristami from your Kira Knightley, gather your team and get yourself to the Sydney Film Festival hub downstairs at the Sydney Town Hall on Thursday the 4th of June. It'll be great to see you there. For more reviews, uh, go to doctorofmovies.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Doctor of Movies. And a positive rate and review for the podcast on the iTunes store will get you into my favourite person's list. (laughs) 